0: Welcome to the Black Agenda Podcast. I'm your co-host, Adrian Guest, along with co-host, Devin Dito. Today's conversation is special because it ends our HBCU Awareness Series for March's HBCU Awareness Month. It has really been an amazing opportunity to speak with such dynamic leaders from our nation's HBCUs. Today, we bring you Jackson State University from our home state and their president, Dr. Thomas Hudson. So sit back and listen well as we bring you the finale of and round off our series on the state of our nation's HBCUs.
1: And uh, just to give you a little bit of information about Dr. Hudson, he was named the president of Jackson State University just a few months ago, on November 19th, 2020, uh, by the Board of Trustees. And so uh, and he was named the president after serving as special assistant to the president and chief diversity officer. And so as president of JSU, Dr. Hudson's goals have have been to enhance the university's legacy and expand its global footprint while also fortifying the school's mission to produce ethical and technologically advanced global leaders who properly address societal problems and and compete effectively. And so before joining the staff at Jackson State, Dr. Hudson had actually founded his own law practice and served as an EEO specialist for the Department of Homeland Security and FEMA. And so, Dr. Hudson holds a bachelor's degree in political science from Jackson State, and he also has a a juris doctorate from the University of Mississippi School of Law. And so, just to top it off, here, Dr. Hudson is also a member of the Margaret Walker Alexander Center Board of Directors and the JSU Athletics Hall of Fame Foundation uh, Board of Directors. So, an impressive resume. Uh, you know, and so we're happy to
2: have you on the show, Dr. Hudson. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, the invite and I appreciate being here. Thank you so much. Definitely. Thank you. And so, um, <clears throat> our first question, our first,
1: you know, segment, usually we talk about the history and, the, mm-hmm. you know, and the value of HBCUs. And so, um, just about every other president we've spoken to uh, has either graduated or previously worked at, attended an HBCU. And so, become, you know, and like you before becoming president, and leader of the university, you were, you know, a student, you got your bachelor's from there. And so you're no different. And so um, you went on from Jackson State, got your Jewish doctor from the University of Mississippi. So just a real general question, we just wanted to ask you, you know, when you were a young student coming up, you know, how important was it to you to attend an HBCU for your higher education? And then how, what does it mean? What's it like going from student on campus to now president of that same university?
2: Well, you know, growing up, uh, I grew up around this university, uh, grew up in the area, uh, My siblings went here, my mom went here, and my earliest memories of school are of Jackson State University. So there was literally no other place uh, that I wanted to attend that I was going to attend in Jackson State University. Uh, So I knew about, if this makes sense, I knew about Jackson State before I knew about the entire HBCU concept. Uh, But really, you know, being here, uh, being a part of the culture, there's nothing like the HBCU experience. It's a nurturing environment. Uh, It's a fun environment, as uh, as any student who's attended here can attest to. But it's also that place where you can become who you were meant to be. Uh, HBCUs just have such a storied history of taking, you know, these raw students, uh, raw young men such as myself, and really molding them into gyms. And, you know, that's just the legacy and the culture of Jackson State University and HBCUs in general.
0: That's a powerful statement because that—that's the narrative that we want to come out of this series. That's the narrative that we want to speak for the entire HBCU community. Because no matter if you're a, a JSU or FAMU or a Howard, um, you you add so much, so much value to the community. But one of the things that that, that I know. Uh, Devin, knows is that uh, HBCUs don't get enough attention. Um, Even in my hometown, because I'm from Mississippi, Devin's from Mississippi, we're both from Mississippi, Um, my hometown is Upora, Mississippi, and you know, not very far from JSU, about an hour and a half, but when I was getting ready to decide on where to attend school, I really didn't have any clue about the importance of HBCU and about the culture, just because I didn't have anybody from my family that attended an HBCU. And there wasn't really anybody in the community who was a big advocate. And when I got ready to graduate, I graduated top of my class. So my counselors and teachers and even principals were saying, you should go to Mississippi State, you should go to Ole Miss. So our question, Dr. Hudson, um, why does it take having someone maybe within, you know, uh, an HBCU uh, community within that school district for students to really understand the value of HBCU and what can HBCUs maybe do better so that students, no matter if they're attending a majority black school district or not, they're going to fully understand that an HBCU, HBCU should be on their radar when deciding where to attend college?
2: That's a great question. And your story is a very common one. You know, when I was in us up towards northeast Mississippi, and when I was at uh, the University of Mississippi in Oxford, there was just not that heavy HBCU presence there. So most of your students, even your African American students just did not know about HBCUs. Did they know about Jackson State, All and Valley? Yes, they knew about those schools. Uh, they knew about the demographic population, but they really didn't grasp what makes HBCUs special. And sometimes I don't think, you know, we've kind of taken an attitude when you ask, what can we do better? I sometimes think that an attitude, we, in the past, we've taken an attitude of, well, you just have to be here to experience it, right? You have to know about it. You have to have had a family member here. But that's not everyone's story. We really have to intentionally tell our story in such a way in which we articulate what makes HBCU special what is going to happen to you once you step foot on this campus how are we going to help you achieve your goals in a way that aligns with your culture your sense of being your sense of who you are how do we really truly tell that story uh, you're starting to see more and more uh success stories out of HBCUs in terms of telling that story it certainly helps when you have Kamala Harris uh Not only the first black female vice president, right, the first female vice president, the first African-American vice president and HBCU graduate, Howard, really showing what we can produce, you know, CEOs of major companies uh, everywhere you go, just really seeing those success stories in person in the flesh really heightens that awareness so when you see those things we have to come right behind and say this is what we produce and this is how you can become a part of it and you're seeing again more and more success stories of HBCUs doing just that
0: you're, you're spot on. And, and, it, and it really speaks to one of the points that uh, another HBC leader brought up was the fact that, you know, with the news media, they over the the bad stuff. They really like to tell, you know, the negatives. Uh, and that's one of the things that I got, you know, being in Eupora, I got all the negatives about Jackson. Like, you don't want to live in Jackson because of all of this and that. And and we kind of, you know, play, you know, uh, almost to the detriment of our community. So we've got to really make sure that we continue to do these sorts of conversations to further bolster the fact that HBCUs are top tiered institutions. So thank you for uh, making sure to bring up that perspective. But uh, Uh,
2: just just a quick point on that. No, just a quick point. You brought up a very important factor in terms of location. Right. Uh, You know, in the state of Mississippi uh, and most of your HBCUs are in those major metropolitan population areas they're in those areas they're in those pockets that people tend to stay away from and not want to invest in and we have to talk about how we are really a part of the community and how we in fact build those communities and how we make those communities richer so again we have to really truly tell our story and not run away from it not run away from who we are where we are but really talk about the greatness and how location plays a part in that. So again, your again, your story is a very common one, and it's one that we have to counteract over and over again. Uh, I'm I'm proud that you're doing this type of podcast in part based on some of the experiences that you've had. Because again, we really have to tell this story in a more intentional way.
1: Yep. Yes, we do. And no, and, oh, go ahead, AJ. No, no, I was just gonna say, absolutely. <laughs> go
0: ahead, Devin. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. That was just that was it. I mean, you know, just. We we've tried we've gotten different things from different universities and even at Fisk, you know, they've taken a very, very hard look and, and laser focused on trying to tell that story. So they're putting stories in newspapers and magazines all across the country to get their name out there so that people don't just hear the bad things about um, you know, about HBCU. So um, we appreciate you mentioning that. So we're going to talk a little bit about the societal perception in our next segment. So we're going to take a, a, a quick break, and when we come back, we'll discuss you know some of the societal perceptions, but also what you're you're doing at Jackson State to try to counteract that. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
2: Thank you for listening to the Black Agenda Podcast. We appreciate your support, and we ask that you like, share, and follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, IG, and Twitter at Black Agenda Pod. That's at Black Agenda Pod. Let's get back to the show.
0: All right, viewers welcome back let's get into our second segment here remember we're joined today by dr thomas hudson president of jackson state university uh, so dr hudson our second segment is about societal perception you know we know in our society we tell our black and brown children that they're going to have to work harder you know go over and beyond to prove themselves And I think that that's kind of the same notion in the lens that we see HBCUs having to really go over and beyond to prove themselves at a sea of other colleges and universities. As we start this HBCU series, we notice that a lot of schools have really big, ambitious plans over the next several years to really make sure they counter that narrative and can compete within that sea of colleges and universities. And your uh, institution, JSU, is no different. We know that you all have a really big plan, an 11-year strategic plan, where I know you were the co-chair to help really you know, pull that plan apart. So our question, how do you feel your university strategic plan positions JSU to be a leader in higher education?
2: Well, you know, and that's a great lead in because uh, the very beginning, the first part of our strategic plan is the student portion, students first and foremost. You know, how do we bring students to the table? How do we bring them onto campus? And how do we really get that true return on investment? When you come to Jackson State, what do you leave with? We want you to leave with a degree and really set you on your career path. So that's the first thing we have to do within our strategic plan. And just overall with the university is really set those students on their path towards their goals. Uh, Jackson State, we have 93 uh, different degree program offerings We offer bachelor's, uh, master's, specialist, doctorate degrees, and it's all about making you, again, that person who you were meant to be, from an engineer to an epidemiologist, even criminal justice, right? Being a law enforcement officer, being an HBCU, we're a part of all of those conversations and those positions which make our society great. So it's really about the diverse program offerings we have, our student-centered focus, Uh, in terms of how we want those students to matriculate through those programs. And then what do you leave with? You leave with the, the competitive degree that will allow you to do whatever it is you want to do in life, whether it's go to graduate school, go to professional school, or enter this vast job market that we have here. That's the JSU advantage. And again, that's the story that we have to tell within the context of an HBCU that while you're here, nurturing environment allows you to be who you are and really sets you up for success. Right and that's something that we've heard from from many
1: HBCUs is that nurturing environment and you know and making sure that the student feels like the, the people at the university care they're not just trying to get you in and out you know in 4 years get you a degree that you may not be able to use in your career we there's a lot of people out there who do that um but one of the things we know despite the societal perception is that like you say you are trying to change that narrative and so we have to ask you of course You're at JSU and you, you know, JSU made a big splash this year with their hiring of, uh, you know, their their new football coach, which is, uh, you know, NFL Hall of Famer Deion Sanders. And so we wanted, you know, we had the opportunity to ask, you know, what has that done? You know, having a coach of that caliber on your sidelines now, I'm sure that's brought a a ton of attention, you know, to the university. So we just wanted to ask you, what is it like to have, you know, have him there and what has it done for the university when it comes to, the narrative student interest donor interest and what has it done maybe for the city of jackson at large to have okay. somebody like that
2: all of those things it's brought a true positive spotlight onto jackson state uh the city of jackson and hbcus in general you know landing a big part a big name like that but not only that The way he's come in and really embraced the city, embraced Jackson State, and embraced wanted to not only be a part of this HBC culture, but be a part of enhancing us from a perspective of the football program and sports is really important. He brings a spotlight to the university. And, you know, one of the things I'm fond of saying is that you may come for Dion, but you're going to stay for Jackson State University. You're going to see all that we have to offer and maybe see it in a way that you wouldn't have otherwise. We've seen that story told over and over again, and it's really been a big enhancement to the university, uh, to our brand, to our public perception. And look, it doesn't hurt that we're actually uh, doing well on the football field also. Uh, Winning helps, right? Winning uh, helps with morale. Winning he helps your alumni feel better about themselves. It helps what you're giving. Uh, having a successful football pro- program has been proven to increase applications for admission to school, uh, help with enrollment. So all of those things are positives, positive, I'm sorry, that we've been able to benefit from. And we couldn't be happier with how this has gone thus far.
0: That's a good point. And, you know, when when thinking back to, you know, our our days at Mississippi State and playing tuba at, you know, football games, you know, that that was a big appeal for everybody, whether you're a fan, uh, whether you're a parent or student, it was a big appeal. And and one thing, you know, maybe a lot of HBCUs do focus more on the academics and obviously we need that. But, you know what you're saying is maybe if we do focus on our athletics and some of the other things that bring in you know money because you know we know sports makes a lot of money different things like that we can maybe bring in a little bit more excitement and student enrollment and things like that really good perspectives because I think that when you're an HBCU you're, you're fighting against a narrative that tries to keep us down because we're minorities that's that's kind of the American society always keeping minorities down so we have to figure out different ways to be different to be be ingenuitive so that we can overcome that dynamic um, despite all the challenges. So we're glad to see that uh, Dion Sanders is helping to do that. Cause we know, you know, we, we did a story on Jackson about, you know, the, the water problem that you all are having. And, you know, we're hoping that, you know, that's gotten a little bit better, you know, since, you know, we did our reporting and hoping that, you know, with that, that star appeal, that's bringing some attention to, you know, Jackson, cause our city desperately needs that.
2: But, uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely, And look, uh, you know, Dak Prescott, right, when he was at Mississippi State, as you well know, brought a lot of attention when that football program, you know, uh, really reached those heights. But in the end, Mississippi State has a great veterinarian program. Uh, Mississippi State has a great engineering program. Those things are stable and those things were really highlighted as a result and part of that athletic success. It's the same thing at Jackson State. We have a business school that's in the top five percent of all in the nation based on this accreditation those things are important to highlight some people might not see those things but for the spotlight that athletics brings and as president that's not something i'm going to shy away from that's something i'm going to embrace and that's something we're going to definitely take advantage of so it can to the benefit of jackson state university
1: that's a really good point because i think sometimes you there is this tension almost between athletics and academics it's like why are you focusing so much on athletics and just kind of throwing you know academics is kind of falling to the side, but in your you know your situation you're trying to use athletics to to better or you know put more attention on the great academics you already have and so that relationship can work, and I do remember at Mississippi State, we saw the next few years a bump in enrollment and definitely just general interest because the football team was doing what it was doing. They were playing on a national stage, and people were like, "Oh okay mississippi state what's the, what are they all about So it does bring in a ton of you know interest and so it's really see it's really cool to see you know Jackson State go through that in real time now. You know, you're the president, newly coming in, new head coach, you know, so it's really cool to see what you guys are doing and how you're using your newfound fame, really, uh, you know, to better your university. So I really, really appreciate pre- appreciate that uh, perspective. So um, that's going to do it for our, our second segment. So we're going to take a, a quick break. And when we come back, we'll kind of talk about um, some of the awareness and diversity uh, challenges and things. And we're going to ask, you know, what are you all doing down there? So uh, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back.
2: Would you like to contribute to our scholarship fund? Would you like to help us partner with nonprofits? Would you like to submit a topic request or maybe even appear on our show? If so, go to patron.podbean.com forward slash Pod. Thank you for your donation and belief in our mission. Let's get back to the show.
1: All right, welcome back, viewers. So we are continuing our conversation with Dr. Thomas Hudson, who is the current president of Jackson State University. And so we've talked a little bit about the the value and the perception of HBCUs. So we kind of want to talk about, um, you know, diversity. And so we know in, in 2021, we continue to have more and more African American students choose to attend uh, PWIs, and and this is something you know that that our civil rights leaders fought for before us. There were plenty of. Of the first African American student to go to, you know, all types of schools and try to integrate that, and so that's a new challenge, you know, in 2021, where now, um, you know, you have so many black students going to PWIs, HBCUs are kind of in a way having to shift their messaging a little bit to show that they can not only, they were, you know, they were founded to teach black students, but they can educate anybody. Anybody can come to a Jackson state or, you know, an Alcorn or Valley and get a great education. And so our question, you know, is just how is Jackson state, you know, responding to this new, you know, recruiting environment where you're not only competing for African-American students, but now you're having to compete to recruit in, you know, students of all races. Um, and what if you, and just kind of, what is your goal with that? And, and how do you, have you had to increase the share of, of non-African-American students on campus to compensate for maybe more, you know, Black students going to other schools?
2: Well, you know, it goes back, first of all, to what I said earlier about the number of programs and the type of program offerings. Uh, The fact is, you know, our uh, science, engineering and technology, those programs uh, within that particular college have pretty much 100 percent job placement rates. And so if you want to fulfill your dream to be an engineer, uh, to be a chemist, You really couldn't go to a better place than Jackson State University, and that's true no matter what your race or anything right so it's really about selling the university and its programs uh, in order to create that diversity. Uh, HBCUs have always been open to all, and that's really the natural advantage that we have. Uh, it's, it's not so much an intentional effort on our part, or there hadn't been an intentional effort on our part to quote unquote increase diversity because it wasn't the doors were never closed to anyone. But in this market, in this current market, with the competition that you see, it is important that we really talk about our legacy, talk about our successes, talk about the quality of program offerings so we can be a destination for all students. We'll always be an hbcu we'll always have our tradition we'll always have that legacy on which we'll continue to build upon but as it stands now we're open for all we always have been open for all jackson state is a great place to get your degree and really start you on the path to fulfilling your dreams and that's the message that we push to all students no matter what your background or where you're from jackson state is very proud through its international programs uh, through its graduate programs and just the overall student experience to be a very a great place and a very diverse place uh, when it comes to higher learning. And, and we're very proud of that.
0: You know, uh, Dr. Hudson, it just speaks to the fact that even though we as, you know, the black community were always put out and left out, we never, you know, left out or put out anybody else. We only you know, started off our institution with the idea that you don't have to be black to, you know, come here versus other institutions who kicked us out. So, you know, that really, really speaks volumes you know, one of the other things that, you know, we've talked about in our series is the fact that, you know, HBCUs are responsible for so many degrees within our community, but the struggle is, is even further than that. They're doing more than just education. One of the things that someone said to us is that HBCUs are responsible for creating the majority of the Black middle class in America. And we can see that, you know, whether it's healthcare, whether it's civil rights, and now economic justice. We know that JSU is partnering with Hope Enterprise and Goldman Sachs, among others, for $130 million investment throughout the Deep South, which is huge because as Devin and I know, you know, know, from Mississippi, you know, the Deep South really needs that sort of investment. So our question, Dr. Hudson, how important is it for HBCUs to really lead the charge and to participate in activities like these that go beyond the efforts just to aid in the education of our communities?
2: Well, HBCUs build communities. Uh, Every successful uh, Black enterprise uh, historically has had HBCU roots, and that's a story that continues on to this day. So really, as a builder of communities, it's important that we engage with partnerships like with Hope Enterprises and Goldman Sachs to continue along those lines, whether it's through our Small Business Development Center, uh, through our Community Development Center, through our School of Public Health, which... Uh, dedicates itself to addressing health disparities uh, throughout the nation, which is one of the key drivers of economic inequality. Uh, lack of access to health care and quality health care, we've always been committed to really being a part of that overall solution, that economic solution. Again, we build communities. Uh, Jackson State built the community that surrounds it, and we want to continue in that mode, maybe in a somewhat different way, but we want to continue in that mode and continue in that space uh, in accordance with our mission. This is what we do, and this is what we're entrusted with doing. So Jackson State, and that's not just the Jackson State story, that's an HBCU story in general, we want to continue that work and we want to inspire others to continue on that work as well.
1: Right. And I, and I love that message there because it shows you, like you say, HBCUs help to build um, the, the communities around them. You're already in major metropolitan areas that tend to have needs that you know exceed what the city can provide. And so you need somebody um, or a Jackson State or a university to come in and try to help that. And we've seen that. You know, Howard's doing like vaccines. They're doing testing. FAMU's doing it, too. Everybody is trying to do their part, you know, to help our community. And so great, great message there. And so uh, that's going to do it for our third segment. And so we have one more question for you, Dr. Hudson, before we get you out of here. So we're going to take our very last break. And when we come back, we'll get
2: your final message. Stay with us. Thank you for listening to the Black Agenda podcast. We appreciate your support. And we ask that you like, share and follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Black Agenda Pod. That's at Black Agenda Pod. Let's get back to the show.
0: All right, viewers, let's get back into it to wrap up our episode. Uh, And really, uh, Dr. Hudson, we really appreciate you being here. Remember, viewers, we're joined today by Dr. Thomas Hudson, president of Jackson State University. Uh, this final message, uh, Dr. Hudson, is the, the final message is going to wrap up our series and you know end it. Uh, we always say send it off in a great big bow, but as this one is going to be the ending, I don't know what this is going to be wrapped in. But to set the stage for your final message, when you invest in HBCUs, you're investing in America. That, that's the theme that we want to come out of this series. Um, blacks have built America. No matter what sector you look at, there's been tremendous Black influence. And HBCUs have been right there in the mix through it all, educating our people and better preparing us to be better stewards of freedom, equality, and even our planet. HBCUs have earned a special place within the fabric of American history, culture, and society. But Dr. Hudson, there are some who may be wondering still what HBCUs are doing and why they're valuable, even after our series of talking with such influential HBCU presidents, they still may be wondering what's going on. So we want you, Dr. Hudson, to leave us with the final message that speaks to why HBCUs continue to fulfill a missing piece in our society and why we must strengthen our HBCUs for their future sustainability and the prosperity of America.
2: you know, that's a great question. And again, first of all, let me start by saying it's an honor to uh, be a part of this podcast. Uh, Thoroughly enjoyed the engagement and just the dialogue and really the support and the highlights you're giving to HBCUs. Very, very proud to have participated. But, you know, as you were asking that question, and and as I think about this, you know, uh, the story of this country is really the story of moments, right? Certain moments in time, moments in history. Uh, HBCUs were founded, to meet the moment, the moment uh, of its inception. How do you educate these, this population of former slaves, uneducated? How do we begin to integrate them into this society? HBCUs were created to meet that moment. If you fast forward to the civil rights movement, you know, we're pressing for our rights, uh, whether it's in the courts or on the streets, and you look at the leaders of that movement, uh, Thurgood Marshall, Dr. Martin Luther King, HBCU grass again, stepped up to meet the moment. Fast forward to present day, uh, George Floyd, uh, economic inequality, social justice, Black Lives Matter, every step of the way again, who are we looking to to help meet the moment? HBCUs. These things will continue to happen. America will continue to have moments in its continuous reckoning of its past. It is important that you continue to invest in HBCUs because what other institution is out there? What other African-American-led institution is out there that's equipped with the infrastructure, uh, with the history, the legacy, and the ability to meet the moments when race becomes central in America? Who's going to produce that diversity to take us into the next century? Uh, it, it is solely, it's not solely the jobs of HBCUs, but it's certainly primarily the job of HBCUs. We must continue to invest in communities of color, but you have to invest in HBCUs going forward if you're going to live up to your mission and America is going to live up to this promise. So the only message I would leave is that you, the continued investment in HBCUs is really a continued investment in the improvement of America and into a better America. So I'll end it there. And, and again, I'm, I appreciate the opportunity to come before you all. Uh, let's keep these types of conversations going. Uh, please invite me back anytime. This has uh, been a great dialogue.
1: Yes, it has, and we appreciate that message there. And that's something we can send out, you know, to anybody. And you hear that message, you understand why it is so important for us to to properly it's properly fund and support our HBCUs. If you're an alumnus or not, you can still support HBCUs. You don't have to be a graduate to support them and and, and do things like this or just have the conversations. Um, and more importantly, when you hear something negative, also try to correct it and maybe follow that up with a positive story, because we know um, people like to tell the negative story. So we just appreciate you giving us your perspective. And if you don't get anything else out of this series, you should at least understand that we just talked to maybe 10 or 11 of the best institutions in the country, and that is no small feat. And so um, there are many more that we didn't get to. Well, we gave you ten or eleven of the best, you know, schools in the country. So look them up. Share with you know any kind of students, anybody in your family who's looking at going to college or who's later in their career and needs to go back. You can go to an HBCU, and they can handle and take care of you. So that's my last thoughts on that one. (laughs) The only
0: thing I was going to add to that is Dr. Hudson, I love what you said about HBCUs have met the moment throughout history. Uh, that that's that's something that's a positive, just like, you know, investing in HBCUs, investing in America. I love when you said that, you know, because there have always been moments in our history where, like you said, you can go to where an HBCU graduate is leading and, and championing at you know, that moment. And like you said, there's going to continue to be those moments in the future. So that's why we've got to always have our HBCUs around, because if we're not going to do it. we No one else is. No one's going to do it at the level of expertise and the level of dedication and duty that we can do it for ourselves. So thank you, Dr. Hudson, for laying it out there for us. Thank you again for ending our series, dynamic messaging, you know, throughout the entire conversation. So viewers, remember you've been listening to Dr. Thomas Hudson, president of Jackson State University. Uh, Again, Dr. Hudson, thank you. Stay safe. And uh, we're going to take our last little break. And viewers, when we come back, Devin and I are going to wrap up our episode as always. So stick with us. We'll be right back.
2: We absolutely appreciate your support. You are the foundation and our efforts work to better your communities. Tell your family and friends so we can all work to bring progress. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Black Agenda Pod. That's at Black Agenda Pod. Let's get back to the show.
1: All right, welcome back. So as always, we like to end the show with giving you a look forward as far as what is upcoming with the podcast. Um, So the first thing is, unfortunately, this is the end of our HBCU Awareness Series and an amazing series. It really was talking to 11 uh, presidents and leaders at HBCUs around the country, really getting a snapshot of the state Um, of our HBCUs. And so uh, every episode, every interview, every conversation that we've had is you can listen to it either on, you know, wherever you listen to your music and podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, um, Google Podcasts, you can listen there or Podbean. um, But you can also watch them on Facebook and YouTube um, at Black Agenda Pod. You can find us. Um, you can go back and listen to all of them. I would highly suggest if, if you just watched this one with Dr. Hudson, go back to the other 10 <laughs> and go through and listen and see what's going on at our nation's HBCUs. And so um, after this, we'll be back to our, uh, our regular lineup. So we'll be back to the normal podcast, once one episode a week. Uh, but we have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed bringing you um, some some great content and some great conversations uh, with leaders at HBCUs. And so, of course, always also, uh, we bring you the news every week. That did not stop during the month of March. It continued, and so we'll be back uh, in the month of April with our weekly roundup, which is where... We bring you some breaking news of the week, some, some news you may not have heard about. Uh, we give it to you and try try to do that in an unbiased way, in a funny way, an engaging way. And so you can watch us um, this Saturday, April 3rd at 7.30 p.m. Central Time on Facebook and YouTube. And again, you can find us at Black Agenda Pod. And so, again, we appreciate you you sticking with us. And one other thing. We always like to tell folks is that uh, we appreciate any support, whether that is monetary or you just sticking with us and watching. Um, But we do have the, you know, some ways that you can give back to us and help us create more content like you just watched. And so, Adrian, uh, you can let the folks know where they can give us a few dollars.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Devin, that's very, very important, uh, because as Devin always says, this venture is not free does cost real dollars. Uh, it's, it's not something fake or anything like that. You have to pay real money to get these things operate. And the other thing that we would like to remind people of is that there's a purpose behind you know uh, behind why you're donating. Uh, the easy part, go to our website. Let me just get the easy part out first. Go to our website, blackagendapod.com, click the donate button, and that's going to get you to donate. But the better side of that is the mission behind what we're trying to do um, as you can see from our conversations, we're engaging leaders to have conversations about society to better, you know, ourselves as citizens to better ourselves as global leaders. So that's the mission about the Black Agenda Podcast. We want to be, you know, better citizens, better leaders. So we want to have different things that we can have, like an organization, like our cherry of the month that we're doing, maybe an event at the end of the year to kind of, you know, provide some, you know, sort of outreach to the homeless. Um, by you donating to us, it really helps to spread our mission further. and really helps us to do things that we didn't imagine we'd be able to do before. So really, really important for you to be able to donate to us a uh, dollar a month. That's a really, really small contribution to start with. That's what we always start uh, with when we encourage people to give uh, grassroots efforts here. So a dollar a month, that's all you got to do. Uh, go to our website and do that. Now I already referenced our charity of the month, but just to give you a little bit of insight, Um, Throughout March, we did have Thurgood Marshall College Fund as our charity of the month. April is going to be a new one. So be on the lookout for that. We'll give you some details uh, on who our charity of the month will be. Uh, But again, that's another reason to donate, because if you donate to us, maybe we can give some sort of donation and recognition of the Black Agenda and its fans to that charity of the month. So yeah, Devin, um, really, really easy to give. Go to our website, blackagendapod.com, click donate. And so many different reasons of why you should give. So yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. Again, like, like when you donate to HBCUs, you're donating to America or supporting uh, supporting the country there. And so same goes here at the Black Agenda Podcast. You donate to us, we're going to support the community alongside uh, HBCUs and organizations like. Uh, the 3rd Good Marshall College Fund. So again, we, we, we're so happy and we appreciate you sticking with us throughout our, our entire HBCU awareness episode. It's been a very busy month for us here at the Black Agenda Podcast. So uh, although we thoroughly enjoyed this series, we are happy to now be back on regular schedule afterwards. Um, and so you can also engage with us. You can like our pages, follow us on social media. We're on the three platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And so you can find us at Black Agenda Pod. Uh, and again, that's at Black Agenda Pod. That's our handle. So go check us out. Uh, share anything you see, share it with your fans, family, coworkers, anybody uh, who's near you, make sure we get this this information out there. Um, we're trying to get in front of as many people as we really can because it is great content. So of course, go and share that for us. And we would really appreciate that. So uh, for me and Adrian here at the Black Agenda Podcast, again, we thank you for watching and staying with us. And we thank Jackson State University for making uh, Dr. Hudson available to us. It was a great, great interview. So uh, again, we thank you for staying with us and we'll catch you next
2: time.